the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Everything starts breaking right when the Chris Salcedo Show comes on the air. Uh, welcome, everybody. Glad you've uh, made it to the program. And it's not a mechanism of me. It's just the way the universe appears to be working in the era of Trump. It, it, it just flies fast and furiously, folks. So we're going to be making every attempt to get you caught up, up to the minute stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's coming in so fast and furiously, folks, that we are not uh, able at this point to go live on Facebook Live. Not only do we have technical issues, but also because we were working right up until air to get you the latest on the Obamacare repeal effort. It's just putting some uh, crimps in the system, if you will. So we'll start off here by letting you know this is the Chris Salcedo Show, 888 That is the phone number. Again, 888 if you want to weigh in. Healthcare is going on. President Trump on Twitter confirming he didn't tape James Comey, although he can't he can't uh, vouch for all the leakers and all of the anti-Trumpers inside of the federal government. But he says he didn't. So that's all going on today as well. We'll get into that coming up on the Salcedo Show. Catching it live, theblaze.com slash radio. Blaze Radio smartphone app, the iHeartRadio app, on-demand listening for you, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And let's see, oh yes, social media. First up, the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Many of you found that yesterday. Just go to Facebook, type in the Chris Salcedo Show. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. And of course, theblaze.com and the channels section, blaze.com channels. Okay, so the Republicans in the Senate come out today with their version of health care repeal, and I'm sorry to say replace. You guys know how I feel about this. I do not think it is in the country's best interests or consistent with conservatism that accepts that we need another government entitlement here without cutting other government entitlements, in particular the ones that are that don't work, that don't fulfill their intended mandate. Nobody ever cuts government. The last thing we needed with a $20 trillion debt was to add yet another entitlement. Oh, sure, government will pay for it, which is another way of saying, oh, sure, the taxpayers will pay for it. Now, all of this being said, let me give you something we just tweeted out before the show about um, about this offering. I'm trying to find it because I just had it here a second ago. Uh, where did it go? Goodness sakes. There was a, there's a guy that is a, uh, shall we say, an expert on healthcare, uh, writes about it quite, quite frequently in Forbes and other publications. And he is giving his evaluation on what uh, this offering by the Democrats 
is all about. Now, look, I, let me say this. I am not uh, at all convinced that this is the end-all, be-all. As a matter of fact, when I, when I put in the promo for yesterday, I was telling conservatives, hey, get ready. This isn't going to be at all what we want it to be. Instead, this is going to be a more liberal version of what the House of Representatives put up, and the House of Representatives put up something that was that was pretty dang liberal. And what I had encouraged or wanted was a, and I understand this is the way they have to do it to get past reconciliation. Uh, these arcane Senate rules that allow the Democrats to, you know, what really ticks me off about this is that the Democrats were able to shove this law down our throat through reconciliation and then a straight out vote but they weren't able to but but we're not able to repeal the dang thing with straight reconciliation so that's a bit frustrating i mean if it was a two now i for the longest time i was of a mind that reconciliation was the way that the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle was put in there, but it was a two-step process. There was reconciliation to get all the money stuff put in, and then there was another simple majority vote for the, the affirming of everything else associated with, Obama, with Obamacare. That's, that's all you would need now, the reconciliation portion and then a simple uh, majority vote, a two-part it's had, well, that's how it's been explained to me. A simple two-part, a one-two punch. A lot of us aren't really enamored with that because we really don't trust the Republican leadership, but hey, it's the only leadership you got, right? The guy I was speaking of, by the way, the uh, medical expert, was a guy by the name of uh, Avik Roy. And Avik Roy says he's read it, all 131, 132 pages. Finished reading the new Senate Health care bill, put simply, if it passes, it'll be the greatest policy achievement by a GOP Congress in my lifetime. Now, that's what he says. Now, he writes for Forbes, and you've seen him on NBC. That, that NBC, once in a while, does get credible individuals as guests on. He also wrote this, that means testing and age-adjusted tax credits they're in the Senate bill. So that means you won't be getting any, if you're a multimillionaire, you're not going to be getting any subsidies for your health care from the federal government. Which I kind of like. Which I like a lot. So we'll see. Now look, this is raw audio I'm pulling down. Instead of the flip around, I'm going to start off with this raw audio and I'll probably only get to a, a portion of it because I'll probably start and stop at several points. This is raw audio of Senator Ted Cruz who was cornered by the cameras in the, uh, the halls of Congress and was asked about the... the un now, he was part of the working group that put together this bill. And this is what Senator Cruz had to say about it. He is part of the working group. Indeed, starting four months ago, Lamar Alexander and I worked to bring together a working group initially of six senators uh, that ran the full spectrum of the ideological 
differences among the conference, and we've been working collaboratively that entire time trying to solve the problems, uh, the underlying problems in healthcare. Uh, this current draft doesn't get the job done, uh, but I believe we can get to yes. I believe we can get this done. There is an agreement to be reached, uh, and I have been for the last five months working around the clock to get to that agreement. Uh, and I still believe we can get there. The key to getting an agreement, to getting a bill that can pass, is we need common sense reforms in the bill that lower the cost of premiums. The single biggest reason that so many people are unhappy with Obamacare, that are hurting under Obamacare, is because it's caused premiums to skyrocket. When, when I'm home in Texas, I hear over and over again from Texans who say, I can't afford health insurance because of Obamacare. We've got to fix that. Now, look, that's that's part and parcel of the, the story being told of Obamacare all over the country. That's not just in Texas. Um, I just read in Iowa there. They they have only one choice in Iowa and their premiums. If that if that one company is going to stay their one choice, if they're going to stay. Guess what? They want a thirty five percent no, sorry. Was it 35? No, it was, it was 43. 43% increase in premiums just this year for just one year. So that those are the joys of Obamacare being felt by, by individuals all over this country. So it's, it's not a great law. It's not a good law. And we have been saddled and burdened with it for far too long. Look, I ideologically speaking, I think this law, uh, the law needs to go, and we do not need another government entitlement here. We just don't. Uh, we have so many other entitlements that are failing, that are bureaucratic nightmares, that, that service only those in government. And they don't service the people that they're supposed to serve so i i just reject the whole notion that we necessarily need another entitlement here and i'm what i'm hoping beyond hope is that somebody will come to their senses inside of the gop and come up with a plan that is designed to restore the market and then get government the hell out of it. Government does nothing but screw it up. And what I mean by it, everything typically that it touches government. So uh, can anybody think of a government program that exists where things are better, where things are that were made less expensive, more available, more efficient, better use of taxpayer money. Can anybody name the government program that does that? Uh, no. I don't think you can. I don't think anybody can because it doesn't happen. It never happens. Government should be regarded as a necessary evil. Period. End of sentence. A necessary evil. 
and you should limit its exposure to you as much as you possibly can. The progressive notion that, wow, gee, this uh, Constitution gets in our way, that prevents government from doing things for you. Yes, it also prevents that same government from doing stuff to you. So, look, um, I'll have more of Ted Cruz the other side of the break. We'll bring in the Facebook livers right here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Be right back on The Blaze. He is quickly becoming the left's favorite pinata. Only problem is, this pinata hits back. Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. Facebook Live bringing you guys into the conversation right now. We, uh, uh, because of technical difficulties and because of just everything tending to break right when we start the show, uh, we weren't able to get Facebook Live going right off the bat. So here we are, uh, health care being offered, uh, repeal effort being offered by the Republicans. Unfortunately, it's going to have a replace element in it. And the reason why I say unfortunately is because The conservative doesn't believe we need another failed entitlement here. Think about all of the entitlement programs across this government that that are responsible for $20 trillion in national debt. Have they cured poverty? Have they stopped all of these negative effects that, that they were allegedly founded to help? No, as a matter of fact, all they've done is grow government and they've exacerbated a lot of these problems. The welfare system is a prime example. So now all of a sudden we have this idea that of course government must be there to facilitate health care for you and your family. And no, it's a service just like any other service. If we have government's primary job in this whole situation is to provide a competitive market free of monopolies, and that's it. That's all. Get out. Uh, Ted Cruz was cornered uh, just before this program got underway. He has a no vote so far and what the Republicans have put out there. Uh, Avik Roy, who is a, a, a medical expert, I guess, writes about it a lot with Forbes. He says he likes this thing. He says it's the, it's the greatest achievement if it was passed as is the Republicans have ever done in his lifetime. I don't know about that. I can't read legalese, and so I'm, I'm trying to book on experts, experts that can, they can read through all of this legislative language for you. But let me just, I looked over the bill a little bit earlier, and here's what I saw. A lot of it operates within the confines of Obamacare. And I understand... There is a reason for that partially, I believe, because of reconciliation, which means if it has something to do with the budget, it has to be done in a certain way so the Democrats won't be able to stand in the way because Mitch McConnell's unwilling to pull the uh, nuclear option on legislation. So at any rate, 
that's where we are right now. And here's what I saw inside of this text. A lot of amendments, a lot of tweaking, very few keywords repeal. I was looking for a lot of repeals, and I only saw a couple of instances on a, on a cursory examination of the 132-page document. So anyway, uh, the reporters caught up with Ted Cruz. Here are some of the things that he had to say. The current draft circulated this morning doesn't do nearly enough to lower the cost of premiums, but there are a number of common sense reforms that have wide agreement within the Republican conference that we can include and I think we should include. Can you talk about the amendments that you Well, one of the suggestions that I put forth is, is what I call the Consumer Freedom Agreement that says that if an insurance company is offering a health insurance plan in a state that is consistent with the Title I mandates, that insurance company can also sell in that state any other plan that consumers desire. What that would have the effect of doing is immediately dropping the cost of premiums. You know, when we met with leaders of insurance companies and we asked, as I've asked them repeatedly, what is the most important piece for lowering premiums? The answer that we consistently hear is let us sell the policies consumers want to buy. Yeah, uh, I have a big problem with talking with insurance companies. I don't trust insurance companies. Uh, they, these same insurance companies, I want you all to understand this. The insurance companies with whom Mr. Mr. Cruz had conversations with uh, jumped in bed with Barack Obama. I will never forgive the insurance industry, the betrayal of the American people, when they conspired with that leftist, with resident Barack Obama, to force you and to force me to buy their product. Think about, I, just, just think about that. Where the nature of government was fundamentally changed. The American government. Now, trust me, there are governments all over the planet where the government tells the people what to do. That's not America. That's not who, let me, let me, parrot, let me just parrot Barack Obama. Let me be clear, that's not who we are. Of course, Barack Obama didn't know what the hell he was talking about when he was talking about who we are. Let me tell you who we are. We are a people with a government, not the other way around. That's who we are. We tell them what to do. They don't tell us what to do. The very idea that government could force us to buy a product, force us to dig down in our pockets and pay for not only a more expensive product, which Obamacare so graciously imposed on us, but also a crappier version of that product. And here were the traitorous insurance companies rubbing their all. Oh, they couldn't wait to get their greedy mitts on your money. And they jumped in bed with resident Obama to do that to you and me. I'll never forgive them. I will never forgive those betrayers of free enterprise, of capitalism. Oh, by the way, that's up Ellie telling me we've got one minute left for all you folks on, on Facebook Live. So I will never forgive those, those individuals. I, I do not want any bill that says, gee, we've got to make sure that the insurance companies uh, survive. You know what I want? I want a bill that's directed right at the consumer. Our benefit, not theirs, ours. And you know what? I, I like the whole idea of fee for service. Fee for service, you and your doc, me and my doc and nobody else. 
The best thing I can think of the insurance company, the best future I can think of for the insurance companies is catastrophic loss and only catastrophic loss, meaning you get hit by a bus, you get the, the cancer diagnosis, and that's the only time you use insurance. As a matter of fact, I think that's the definition of real insurance. We'll talk more about this. Facebook Live, join us in a little bit. Be right back. The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo show. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, I, we're going to talk later today with a doctor who happens to be a member of Congress, Michael Burgess, and uh, get his take, shall we say, on uh, on what's being debated over there in the Senate. I I'm not sure he's had much time to look at it. Again, I I have only had a, an opportunity to browse through the text. And like I said, I wish I spoke legalese. I just don't. And sometimes, you know, I think they make things like that way on uh, that way on purpose. I just don't think they want us to know uh, what's exactly going on. So uh, and I know that there is a practical side to writing in legislative language as well. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to get you guys as much feedback as I possibly can. I already told you about Avik Roy, who loves the dang thing. Uh, I am skeptical because I know the nature of the Senate. I know that they they tend not to have our best interests at heart. They tend to look after their own interests. They're in their little fiefdoms, and they lean left. Even, Even among the Republican Party, they lean left. Few conservatives in the United States Senate. And that's that is to the country's detriment. Uh, but there is one conservative and he's so far a no vote. It's Ted Cruz. Reporters caught up with him. Let's uh, pick up the conversation partially where we left off. To buy. What that would enable people to do is buy low cost catastrophic policies and enable people who don't have insurance right now because they can't afford it to be able to afford insurance. And it doesn't take anything away from anyone. Instead, it adds additional choices, more choices, more competition. See that. Ted Cruz, I have said this before. I have very little daylight between the Chris Salcedo show, my personal policies, my personal politics, uh, politics, and and those of Senator Ted Cruz. What? Just before we went to the break, those were exactly the points that I made. You guys realize? Let me let me give you guys an education. Maybe you guys don't know, don't know this because if you watch uh, members of the Basket of Bias press, they won't tell you this, but. Catastrophic loss uh, health insurance policies, catastrophic loss health policies used to be abundant, used to be cheap. Why? Because actuarially speaking, meaning that when you look at the actuarial tables, the the eventuality of, of being paid off was relatively low, meaning the statistics of payouts, which is, this is all stats, folks. This is how insurance companies make actuarial tables, the probability that they'll have to pay off. So when one purchases a catastrophic loss, meaning getting diagnosed with cancer, meaning getting hit by a bus, massive, 
medical issues. And Obama said, let me be clear, nobody should ever go bankrupt because they get sick. Everybody agreed with him. I agree with him. Now, his solution was, that means uh, government must take over all health care, which is complete and utter idiocy. Obamacare, what was the last estimate I saw? 2.9, nearly $3 trillion over 10 years will be the cost of this monstrosity. And we still have 29 million people still uninsured. And remember, the, the case for Obamacare was 44 million people were uninsured. Well, for crying out loud, 14 million of those didn't want to be insured. They didn't want, they, they want, didn't have a choice. Or they had a choice, and they didn't. They they chose not to be insured. They could afford it. They just chose not to. So the universe of people we were talking about was thirty million folks. Thirty million folks who wanted insurance but couldn't afford it. And after Obamacare, and after trillions of dollars, guess what? There are twenty nine million folks still uninsured. But government's in charge now. Government's in charge now. And that's the difference. That's why healthcare costs are skyrocketing. That's why you only have a, a one choice or no choices, depending on where you live in this country. It's why you have insurance you can't use. It's why deductibles are through the roof. Basically what they did, folks, is they took that inexpensive catastrophic loss policy and drove the price through the roof to pay for other folks. That's exactly what they did. These same catastrophic loss policies are what you're paying for right now in Obamacare, but it's costing you tons more money. And the American people, tons more money. Why? Because younger, more youthful folks around this country are now subsidizing older and sicker folks through the force of government. That's why. That's why. All you millennials, you're getting hosed courtesy of the Democrat Party and their leader, Barack Obama. You're getting hosed. And then here comes Ted Cruz as to why he's not, why he's not on board with the, the Republican offering thus far, saying, you know, we need to do, we need to resurrect the market. Exactly what I was saying. This is what I'll talk with Congressman Burgess about. I'll, is there any chance that we can repeal Obamacare and then set up a, a series of legislation that will be a have sunset provisions that will be strategically placed to get government the heck out of healthcare. Get it out. It has no place there, no business there. The and I've told you guys the only aspect of Obamacare that is good is that it's bankrupting traitorous insurance companies. That's the only good thing about it. And now that you've got Donald Trump who's not enforcing the individual mandate the traitorous insurance companies will go bankrupt even sooner oh but y'all say no they, they employ so many people the traders insurance companies you can't be against yes i can't be against them yes i they betrayed you and me and jumped in bed with obama they looked at your bottom line and said i don't care about those people. I just want their money. And now I've got government. Now government is pledging to force them to give me their money. These 
healthcare CEOs. They want your cash and now they don't have to do a damn thing to earn it. We're just an insurance company <laughs> on the Obamacare exchanges. <laughs> oh, pay me. It's the law. Pay me. I will never, ever forgive them. These traitors of free enterprise. These betrayers of capitalism. These sellouts to socialism. I will never forgive them. That's why, again, I'm not interested in whether or not the insurance companies survive. I could give two you-know-whats if they survive. Don't care. Don't care. The only relationship that I am interested in preserving is the relationship between patient and doctor and resetting this market without insurance companies, without individuals in between us and our doctors, without government in between we the people and our doctors and without insurance companies between we the people and our doctors. Because right now I have a hard time telling the difference between government and insurance companies. I have a real hard time telling the difference between Elizabeth Warren's type of government and insurance companies. They all have the same goal, to get their hands on your money. More options, lower prices. That's what consumers want, and it's what the Republican majority should give to them. Senator, earlier on you said it was important that these things not be negotiated in the media. Why are you coming forward publicly with your complaints about the bill now? Well, look, this, this has been an ongoing process. We have had a long, deliberative process. Early on, the, the working group uh, met for over a month with no leaks to the media. We met right next door, right in that conference room in my office. Uh, working to come together. We've made a lot of progress. There's a lot of agreement. Yeah, and besides, it's out now. What? Uh, it's been unveiled. It's there. What? I can't talk about it now? That doesn't make any sense. What it was being formulated, when it was being developed, Ted Cruz wasn't talking about it at all in front of the cameras, was he? No leaks. Uh, not all of that agreement is reflected in the current draft. Um, we're at a different stage. There's now a bill draft that is public. And so there has been a lot of public debate on Obamacare for the last seven years. And, and, and there will continue to be debate. We can get this done. Folks, I, is it, I, 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 sometimes I, I'm a little scared of how much in sync I am with Ted Cruz. I, this, what I'm playing for you right now, I haven't heard ahead of time. I pulled this down. Ask Ellie. I pulled this down literally before we started the show. I, I am listening to it the first time as you and I are listening to it. And I'm playing it. I haven't heard this stuff before. So on a couple of occasions already, I've said stuff that, that Ted Cruz comes right out and says a few seconds later. It's why I know I'm on the right track. I've always believed and, and Ted Cruz and his conservative credentials. And I know, I know a lot of you, a lot of you folks who are conservatives out there are going to say, well, he's supporting Trump and Trump's not a conservative. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm supporting Trump too. Why? You know why? Because I like the idea of the wall. I like the idea of law and order. I like the idea of a reform tax code. I like the idea of repealing Obamacare. I like the idea of a strong military. That's why I'm supporting Donald Trump. Because I know there would have been none of that if Hillary Clinton had won the day. None of it. 
the decay of America would have continued. I am 100% certain of that. We can get to yes, but the key to getting it done, to getting to yes, is we need common sense reforms that lower the cost of premiums so that health insurance is more affordable for families who are struggling. Senator Cruz, are you making yourself, you know, people sometimes when we get to these big bills, they put themselves in play. It doesn't do this provision or whatever, and then, it, you know, you, you can trade horses and maybe get those things, and it's good optics. I fought for this, look what I got. Is none of that going on here? These are just things that, that, that you are opposed or do you think that by saying no, that they will come to you and say, maybe we can help you on this issue, maybe help you on this issue, and maybe get you to yes? You know, I- well, before he answers, it's a negotiation. R- remember, folks, there are four senators who are already saying there are no on this, on this legislation. You know how many they can lose? They can only lose two. So the leadership on the Republican side in the Senate, they're gonna, they have some decisions to make. Uh, which one of these senators do we go to and... And cave to get to get on board. Which one? Which two? Actually, there are already there are four no votes that we know of so far. Ted Cruz is one of them. So of course they're gonna they're gonna come to him and say, "What can we do to get your vote?" Um, what a silly question. I mean, to to, to make you to make him look good? No, this is this is all part of negotiation. Ted Cruz represents the great state of Texas. And there are a lot of people in Texas who want something real and substantive out of the Senate to go to conference with the House and a real repeal bill that gets us on a course to a sustainable situation as far as health care is concerned. A free market, might I say, situation. I think I can speak for the majority of Texans on that. So, of, of course... This is going to be somewhat of an opening bid. And of course, Ted Cruz is going to get out there and say, this is what I want. I have been clear from day one that I want to get to yes. When I ran for Senate, I campaigned on repealing Obamacare. It was the central promise of the campaign. In my time in the Senate, nobody has fought harder against Obamacare than I have. True. Back in a minute, Chris Salcedo show here on The Blaze. You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, only got a few minutes here, uh, folks. But let me just, I'm looking at the text of the bill now, and I just typed in the word repeal. Uh, Repeal of tax on employer health insurance premiums and health plan benefits. That's good news. Uh, You continue to scroll and you continue to look for the word repeal. And it's, it's in there, but this whole thing reads like this. Uh, repeal of chronic care tax in general subsection a of section 213 of internal revenue code 1986 is amended by striking 10% and inserting 7.5%. See, you have to know all the, all the other codes of reference. It's, it's, it makes reference to the house version of repeal and replace. It makes reference to arcane sections of the tax code. It is, it is just, rife with this kind of stuff and some and it's hard for the average citizen and i am one such citizen that doesn't who doesn't speak legalese uh 
uh, it's hard to to make heads or tails of this. But let me see if I can find more instances of repeal. Uh, enter. No, it's not. It's not let me do it. Anyway, so long story short, yeah, eighteen mentions of the word repeal. Eighteen mentions in a one hundred and thirty-two page document. Repeal of tax on health savings accounts. So you know, you remember President Obama wanted to tax your health care savings accounts. That's gone in this bill, which I can support. Repeal of limitations on contributions to flexible, flexible spending accounts. Okay, so they, they wanted to limit how much you could save of your own money. They, uh, Obama wanted you dependent on government. Uh, repeal of tax on prescription medications. <laughs> there, I, I, I didn't realize there was a tax on prescription medications. Uh, repeal of medical device excise tax. Everybody, even Democrats want to get rid of that all right folks uh we've got more to talk about congressman burgess up first and then jay johnson's testimony i think he gave away way too much about what was behind barack obama's investigating of trump individuals you're listening to the chris salcedo show part of generation blaze on the blaze radio network